Good morning, everybody. A little uh, short class for Refuah Shalemah, Fachana, Batsima, Fega, that everything should go well today and Hashem should give us a Refuah Shalemah. We begin this week's Perashah, Vahi Veshalach Parot Aham. And if you're just reading it, you're just translating to the English, it seems like, okay, it sounds good. Vahi, it was, Veshalach Parot, when Parot sent the nation. The question is, why the use of these words? Because if you look at the last words of the last Perashah, it says, Ki yad, Adonai With a strong hand, Hashem took us out from Egypt. So we just read that Hashem took us out from Egypt with a strong hand, us. Now we change Vayhi. Anytime we see Vayhi, the Gemara, the Gemara in, uh, in Megillah tells us Vayhi is generally woe. It's a negative thing. Something bad is happening. What do you mean it's bad is happening? We're leaving Egypt. We're, we're going out. What's negative in what's going on here? Then it says, Beshalach Paro. Who sent us out? I thought, Hotziano Amonai. I thought God took us out of Egypt. Why does it start here, Beshalach Paro? Paro sent us out or God took us out? Which one is it? And then, Et Ha'am. What does he mean, Et Ha'am? Why doesn't it refer to us as B'nai Israel? It usually refers as B'nai Israel. Why does it refer to Et Ha'am? So the, the, and then it continues, Velo, Velo Nacham Elohim. And Hashem, uh, he, uh, he regretted, he didn't want to take them. He didn't want to take them the short way. Basically, if you're going to go out of Egypt and go into Israel, you would go along the seacoast, and it's a very easy path to go straight up, and you're there, you're right there. So why does he take us all around a circle in the desert? So there's a number of answers for the Vayhi. Vayhi, what, what's so negative about Beshalach Paro? One answer is that even though the Egyptians died in the sea, Hashem still has mercy for all of his creatures. Another is that we really weren't ready to go. But I think one of the biggest is Vahi Beshalach Paro, that it's, that it's Paro who sends us, and it should have been Hashem who took us out here. Because Paro sent us, there's a level of negativity here, but also it helped because now Paro thought, ah, God couldn't take them out unless I agreed. Mm-hmm. Once he thought that he's the one who needs to agree, then later on he thinks, I can go get them back. I'm still stronger in his mind, in a way, than God. And what is this, this aspect of Ha'am? So another way of looking at it is Vahi Beshalach Paro et Ha'am. Who is Ha'am? The Zohar Kadosh says anytime it says Ha'am, it's not referring to Bnei Israel. It's referring to the Erev Rav. Who's the Erev Rav? It's the mixed multitudes that joined Bnei Israel. Growing up, I always thought, who's the mixed multitudes? These are the Egyptians who saw the light and said, oh, we believe, we believe, we want to go out too, we believe. But it doesn't make sense. Because last week we read, Chamushim Alu. Only 20% of Bnei Israel went. So if 80% of Bnei Israel didn't see the light, meaning they saw all the miracles, and you say all the time, God, if you show me a miracle, I'm going to believe. They saw all the miracles. They understood the miracles. And still in the end, when it was time to go, they didn't want to leave. 80% didn't want to leave. 20% of the Jews left. So how would it be possible for some of the Egyptians to say, we want to go? The Egyptians would be the whole opposite. And I think the Orach Hayim really explains it. The first time I ever understood it is from the Orach Hayim. He says, Vayhi, it was negative. What was negative? What was so whoa, whoa, whoa about this? He says, Beshalach paro et ha'am. Paro sent Erev Rav. He sent Egyptians with Bnei Israel to make sure what? That they come back. He sent the Egyptians. He sent all other people with them as a group, as a as uh, accompanying them to make sure they come back and to watch and send information what's going on. 
When these people, and then you see later on when Moshe, when Hashem yells at Moshe, he says, you brought this Am. What do you mean I brought this Am? They're your people. What happened? When these people came along, Moshe allowed them to come. And when he allowed them to come and they got across the sea and they saw all the miracles, then they decided, ah, we're going to be Jews like the rest of them. But every time there was an opportunity for them, what did they do? Let's go back to Egypt. Let's worship a golden calf. So what's the negativity here? The negativity is, It's when Paro is sending who? He's sending his own people with B'nai Israel. That's the negativity. And therefore we can understand, the law Nacham Elohim. We see Elohim, we see Hashem regretted, He didn't want to send them. Elohim midat hadin, what? Derech eretz pilishtim. Kikarov, He didn't want to send them the way of the pilishtim. Why? Why not to send them the way of the pilishtim? Because what's going to happen? The Erev Rav are going to say, no, we're not going to go that way. We don't want to go that way. So there, there's a few reasons Hashem didn't send them the shortcut and He sent them on the long way. One of the reasons Hashem didn't send them on the, on the shortcut was because He was afraid that the nations are going to attack them. And they're going to be afraid of war, they're going to run away. But that makes no sense because we see right away who attacks them as soon as they leave. Amalek attacks them. So what are you afraid of? They went into war, they fought Amalek. So what are you afraid of? So the rabbis answered, no, Amalek didn't come, they, we didn't go through Amalek's territory. They came to get us from wherever they were. So if we were going to go back, if we were going to go forward, we still had to be afraid of Amalek. But if we would have went the other way, we would have gone through the territory of the Pilishtim. And some suggest that Avimelech was still the king, one of the Avimelechs was still the king of the Pilishtim. And he had a treaty with Paro that if any slaves leave, he would send them back. The other problem is this, that... 30 years prior, so there was a suggestion I saw, and it really makes more sense to me now, that, that when Moshe first came to Egypt, Moshe was 50 when he came back. And when he went to Paro and he told him, let my people go, what happened? He goes with his whole entourage, all the elders are with him, and they're going to leave Egypt. And what happens? They go with him, and this is counting 400 years from Brit Ben Habetarim. They come into Paro. And as they come in, the lions are following Moshe, they're all afraid of him. But what happens to the hundred elders of B'nai Israel who were with him going into Paro? They peeled off one by one by one. They were all afraid to go into the palace. And as a result, Paro gives them a punishment of what? You're going to collect the straw. And because we collected the straw, we don't know how much time goes between collecting the straw and Moshe coming back with the blood. I saw a suggestion that it was 30 years. Why? Because he says that Moshe just had a kid. His wife maybe was similar age. It makes more sense. 30 years of collecting the straw would have made up for all the years, the 190 that they didn't work as slaves. Now what happened 30 years prior that makes me think about it? There were 30,000 people from the tribe of Ephraim that said, Moshe came, it's time to go. We're going. But Moshe said, no, it's not ready. We're not ready. They went anyway. They left. They went derech eretz pilishtim. What happened to them when they went derech eretz pilishtim? They all got killed. They all got killed. And what did the pilishtim do to prevent anyone from trying to leave? They took all the bones and they put the bones in the valley that you could see from the road. Who are those bones? We see later on Yechezkel has a vision of the dry bones coming to life. Those are the bones that come to life. So not going derech eretz pilishtim was maybe to prevent them from seeing those bones and from being scared and going back. The, 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 the idea that we have to think about is when we look at the Torah, we could read a sentence, and not think anything of it. 
We don't realize how much goes on in each sentence that we see, in each sentence that, that, that goes on. And we have to think now, maybe to give B'nai Israel a little more credit, all the negatives that went on in the desert, you can now begin to understand why it was the Erev Rav, because the Erev Rav didn't go out with a good intention. They went out to bring them back. They went out to cause trouble. And every time they did cause trouble, and this is the anger that perhaps Hashem showed to Moshe, why did you let the Erev Rav come? Sometimes it's better... You know, the one beautiful thing that people ask when I was in uh, Israel, you know, they always ask about the Syrian community and the Syrian community and, and our customs and our edict and our whatever. I say that between, two, between 1900 and 1910, 50,000 Turks came to America. Turks are right above us. They had Rav Chaim Palaji, they had greatest rabbis. Right. And then between 1910 and 1920, only 5,000 of us came from Syria to America. Today, the Turkish community that came is almost non-existent. They probably have a synagogue in Seattle, and that's about it. The rest of them, intermarried. Us, out of 5,000 people we came, because we stayed together, we didn't let in any aspect of the Erev Rav, that's why we're as strong as we are today. So if anyone wants you to defend the edict, I could defend the edict on and on. Yes, we should accept all of the... All of the all of the other people, but for us, it doesn't work. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.